Story time! So I was at the train stop yesterday, at the time of recording, which would be Monday. And I'm not gonna lie, lads, I'm in a pretty shitty mood. Because I'm on a shift from work that I really don't like. So at my job you have one, two, three, four shifts that rotate around. And I'm currently on the one that I hate the most. And also, I am just back from my holiday. So that makes me even less happy that I'm on this shift. So obviously when I'm at the train stop, train station I should say, waiting to go home, I'm wrecked, I'm tired, and I'm just not in the mood to chat to anybody. But yesterday I had my headphones on, I was listening to some Deftones, and I was loving life for those brief moments where I could listen to my music and not be bothered. And somebody came up to me. And I recognized the jacket they were wearing because it was for a certain charity. And I know these charities go out doing door-to-door sales, of which they get a hell of a lot of commission for. And yeah, okay, the, the charity does make some money, but don't ever let these fuckers tell you that they're not making commission because they fucking are. And you know exactly who you fucking are, you pieces of shit. I did your job. I'm no fucking better, but I'll be honest about it and say... You fuckers bring people in pretending that you care about these fucking charities that you don't give a fucking shit about. And then you lie to people at the door. It's one thing I'm proud of. I never told anybody that I didn't make commission. If someone asked me, do I make commission? I said, yeah, I do. After a certain amount of uh, people signing up, I would make a bit of commission. But you get other people who go, no, I don't make anything. And if that's you, then you're a fucking piece of shit. So there you have it. But this guy was, like, saying something to me, and I couldn't hear him, because I was was trying to, like, pause my headphones, because I thought he might be asking me something about the train or whatever. He might not be used to getting the train. And I was like, sorry? And he was like, do you want a job at door-to-door sales? And I kind of just looked back at him like, do I know this person? Like, I recognize the company he's working for. And I was like, not really, to be honest, why? And then he went, are you Dylan? I was like, yeah, who are you? Oh, oh, you know, the lads that you used to work with, they said that you were fucking unreal at this job. Which is a bit of a lie if they did say that, because I wasn't bad at the job, but I wasn't, like, one of the main guys there, if that makes sense. Like, I wasn't, like, a top seller. I would, I did enough to get by, and that was it. I did enough to kind of reach my target up until the very end and when I stopped caring. But uh, I was like... Alright, well, if you work for this company, which I'm not going to name, because I don't want to get sued, but I was like, if this is the company you work for, then, like, I have, like, I already have zero interest, but you've just made the zero interest into a minus one interest. And it was just such a weird experience. Like, it really was. Like, this guy just randomly come up, uh, came up to someone and was like, do you want a job at door-to-door sales? And that's the first pet peeve I'm going to talk about, because these are more of my fucking pet peeves that I'm talking about, because I'm in a bad mood and I want to get them off my chest. Excuse me while I take a sip of some Ishka. I can't be arsed editing or pausing and editing this out, so you're just going to have to bear with me while I drink a bit of Ishka. <sighs> Lovely. Anyway, that's the first thing I'm going to talk about for pet peeves is these fucking door-to-door salesmen who can't fucking take a day off. Even when they finish their shift, 
and they're not knocking on doors and they're not trying to sell a product to someone or trying to get someone to sign up to a charity that they don't give a fuck about. They're trying to recruit people all the time. Literally, if you go on to Indeed, the app that shows job listings and job postings, you'll always see something that says field sales representative, which is a fancy way of saying door-to-door salesman. That's all it means. Or excuse me, salesperson, because women are just as good at being salespeople as men are. Sometimes they actually get more sales just because there are some people out there that just like talking to women. They will just like the idea that they've made a woman happy. And to those people I say, get a grip. But to go back on point, I remember one time I... So I did door-to-door sales. I did an episode on it. I did door-to-door sales for about a year in 2019, which 2019 was a fucking... Weird year for good old Dylan Turtle Reeve. But I did, for most of that year, I did door-to-door sales. So this was like a few months after I'd left it. I was out in the pub um, for one of my friends, 21st. And he was talking to me because he'd just moved over to England for a door-to-door, uh, for a door-to-door sales opportunity. And he asked me, was I enjoying my new job? Because as... I explain in the door-to-door sales episode. Whilst I was working for this uh, company, I knocked on a guy's door who offered me a job at the office he was working at, at his door. Because he was very impressed with my sales pitch, which I was fucking delighted with. And he asked me, uh, I'll give the name of the friend, his name is Connor, I don't really talk to him anymore. But his name is Connor and he said to me, how's the new job going? And I said, yeah, it's very good. Actually just got my first paycheck today, so I'm delighted, happy out. But yeah, settling in really well. The lads are sound. Hours suit me down to the ground. You know, I'm not going out working in all types of weather. I'm sitting in a nice cozy office in Cork City. And I have a great, you know, work-life balance. And he was like, oh, that's good. So you're enjoying it? I was like, I am, yeah. And then he was like, "Do do you prefer it? I was like, yes, Connor, I do. And he looked so dejected when I said that. And I was like, well, Connor, what do you want me to say? Like, do you want me to sit here and lie and say, oh, no, I actually preferred it at at your company, which I nearly gave the name of there? And I guarantee if I'd lied to make Connor feel better and said, I know, lad, I actually preferred doing that job, he'd be like, oh, well, come back. And I remember there were times where that night where he'd be talking to some of his friends saying, Oh, like, uh, how's your job going? And if, you know, some people are like, oh, yeah, it's grand, sure, look, it's, you know, it's grand, but sometimes it's shit or whatever. And he'd be there like, oh, you should come to our company. We get all these benefits. You get all these amazing opportunities. It's so fucking cool, man. And it's like, even when they're out having a pint, they're trying to recruit people. And I said to Connor, half his problem was that he recruited too many people. And I was like, just because you like the job, Connor, doesn't mean everyone else is going to like it. Like, not every job is for everyone. Funnily enough, when I was working for that company that I just mentioned, not the door-to-door sales one, but the one I left for, I think there was six of us that started, and five of us stuck it out for the long haul. I think two of the lads are still there, but there was one girl who left after, like, a month. Just wasn't for her. And I remember this guy I worked with was like, oh, like, I can't believe she left. Like, oh my God, like, I'd stay here even if I hated it just because of some of the benefits. And I was like, 
Well, that's a pretty shit mentality to have. You'd like to be in a job that you hate just because you get a couple of benefits for, uh, from it. That makes no fucking sense. And I was trying to explain to him because he was like, well, do you like the job? I was like, I do, but like, it's not for everybody. Because I remember she went back to go working in a pub, which she loved doing. And I was like, that personally wouldn't suit me. I love going to the pub. I like having a drink in a pub, but I wouldn't like to work in a pub. You know, it's like, it wouldn't suit me. It's not for me. I worked in a garage for a bit. I fucking hated it. I know some people who love doing that. Personally, wasn't for me, but other people like it. Everyone's different. But yeah, these guys in door-to-door sales, you just need to get a fucking grip and realize your job is not that cool. You're working in a dying fucking industry. Door-to-door sales is dying. I'm surprised it's not 100% gone just yet with COVID and everything. Like, I think I mentioned it. There was a guy I worked with. His name is Liam. And he was just a workaholic, but to a fault. Because the man just didn't take any time off. I'm I'm convinced he's not human. I'm convinced he's a robot made by that company just to get them sales. I'm absolutely convinced. Because he's not fucking human. He would skip a family member's funeral to get a sale. I'm telling you that now. I'm telling you that now. He absolutely would. That's not me exaggerating. He absolutely would. Well, maybe he'd take an hour off for the funeral, but then he'd be back out working again. I'm telling you now, that's the way it is. Like, it was funny. I was listening to Gary Neville on uh, the Diary of a CEO podcast. I can't remember the name of the guy who does it, but it's really, really good. Let me actually get up the name of the guy who does it, because uh, it is really good. Now, it's very popular, so like it's not like I'm giving him a shout-out that's going to give him like loads and loads of new listeners, but... Uh, it is quite interesting. Uh, if I can find his name. I'm not even subscribed to them. Oh god, I nearly just played a YouTube video out loud. Uh, subscribe. Chris Camara was just on there. Okay, I can't find his name. But literally, it's just just look up the diary of a CEO. It's really, really good. It's really, uh, really, really worth checking out. Ooh. Oh wow, sorry. Uh, an attractive girl just came up on Instagram. There I am criticizing people for trying to make women happy. And no, let me take that back. That came out wrong. Obviously, of course, we should try to make women happy. But there are some people out there. What did I say earlier? There are some people out there who just like to talk to a woman. And it's like, great, I made a woman happy. It's like, okay, that's a bit meh. But like, if you're chasing a girl out there and you want to make her happy, by all means, go for it. I'm digging myself a hole now, so I'm going to stop. But uh, what was I even just saying there? Oh, yeah, about Gary Neville. So Gary Neville was on um, The Diary of a CEO. It was a really good listen. Even if you're not a Man United fan, you should go listen to it. And maybe I'm not the best person to say that because I am a United fan, but I've I've heard even people... Uh, like if you go through the comments, you get people who are Liverpool fans, Chelsea fans, Man City fans saying what a great episode it is. Even if you're not a football fan, you should listen to it because it's a very fascinating insight into, you know, the life of someone like Gary Neville who runs so many businesses and had such a great career in football and, like, what it took to be that successful in every aspect of his career. And he said how when he found out his dad died... The day of his funeral, he actually gave a presentation that morning about uh, a work project before going to the funeral. And said, like, he, he had to do it. He, he said there would be time for grieving later. And I just think that's mental. Now, I can't say anything about, oh, if my dad had died, because my dad is dead and I didn't know him. 
and I probably make more jokes about it than I should. But I'm thinking like if any close family member died um, now, and obviously, listen, I lost my granddad when I was 19 and like Jesus Christ, like I was working in a supermarket back then. And if you told me that I had to work like the morning shift before I went to the funeral, it's like, fuck that shit. Not a hope. So I can't imagine what it's like to, you know, have to give a presentation on like a fairly serious project for a big company when you're father has just passed away that's just fucking alien to me but yeah that's fascinating but like at least gary neville is making loads of money and he's got lots of successful businesses like these door-to-door salespeople, they like to they like the idea of making a lot of money and they want you to think they're on unbelievable money but even if the ones that are making decent money i mean a lot of it's being spent on travel they're having to pay for their own meals you know for work like it's not like they can just bring a packed lunch all the time like, they're spending a lot of what they're making. So it's it's just, it's a dying industry. It really is. Like, I actually, I followed this guy on TikTok who, like, does all these different, like, um, videos about, um, you know, different businesses and industries and how to, like, get your product out there. And I asked him, what do you think about door-to-door sales? And he said the exact same thing. He said, look, I don't think there's anything wrong with it per se, but I do think it's something that's dying off a bit because there's better and more creative ways of getting your pro- uh, product out there. And he said, especially now with, like, scams and stuff and, like, people trying to steal your details because everything's become, like, digitalized, people don't trust signing up to a stranger at the door or on the street anymore. Like, it's just not the way the world works now. It simply isn't, you know? And as I say, especially, like, these door-to-door people who are... The one time I'm kind of okay with door-to-door sales is for electricity companies because, to be fair, you actually are getting a good deal. A lot of... Yeah, I would say 99% of the time. Like, the two companies I worked for with electricity, the second company was fine. The first one was a bit of a shitty company just because of the way they treated some people, but they were giving you a decent enough deal, even though it was a bit complicated. But, like, the other one was perfect. So, like, yeah, like, you know, in in that case, sorry, I think it's mostly charity companies is my first kind of pet peeve. So, yeah, there you go. Fuck charity companies. Sorry, fuck door-to-door sales companies that sell for charities that try to make you think that you're not making any commission and you know and and the people who are trying to pass off that they care about these charities like you don't give a fuck about dogs trust you don't give a fuck about unicef you don't give a fuck about trocra you don't give a fuck about the mercy hospital you don't like and i've i've literally heard people say this in these companies they don't give a fuck they couldn't give less of a flying fuck about it. Something else I absolutely can't fucking stand is judgmental people. And like, what I mean by judgmental people is people who just feel like they are so much better than you just be- excuse me, just because they don't like something that you like. I get this non-stop as a pro wrestling fan. My uncle... I don't even care. I'm going to fucking say it. My uncle on my biological father's side. Right? So there's three of them so you can work out which one it is. And I don't give a fuck if he hears this. Because he's a fucking dickhead. Right? Airing fucking dirty laundry out here. Don't care. He's an absolute fucking dickhead. The man lives to put wrestling down. And this motherfucker follows golf. Formula One. Fucking... 
probably cricket. Three things I have zero interest in. Could not give less of a flying fuck about. But do you hear me judging him for liking these things that I don't like? No. You want to know why? Because it's none of my fucking business what other people enjoy. Now, of course, there are boundaries. There are lines that can be crossed. For example, if a grown-ass man is spending his time watching My Little Pony, there is probably reason to worry. Because that is a show made for little girls. And these bronies can go fuck themselves. That there's, what do they say, there's some deeper meaning to this program? Lads, it is a little girls TV show. There is no deep meaning to it. There is no hidden message. It is literally a TV show, a cartoon, for five-year-old girls. My sister used to watch it when she was younger. It is not anything more than what it is. So that's a line that, you know, that's that's where the line is. Bronies are not, after uncovering this unbelievable, you know, what's, what's it called? Um, conspiracy theory. They are just a, weirdly obsessed with the children's TV show. Professional wrestling is the perfect blend between a sport and a live theatre show. As people have said many times, it's a male soap opera. Now, to be fair, sometimes I don't like saying that because I don't want to discredit the female fans of wrestling, which of which there are many. Contrary to belief, there are many out there. You should have seen Clash at the Castle, lads. It was so great. Being over in Cardiff, just seeing a city full of wrestling fans. And there was a lot of girls. There was a lot of women wearing wrestling merch. They weren't just dragged along by their boyfriend or husband or whatever. They were genuine, hardcore wrestling fans. And it was great to see. It's great to see more women getting involved in actually training to become a wrestler and just being involved in wrestling. It's fucking epic. It's great to see. It really is. Because wrestling is for everybody. You know, I do believe there is something in wrestling for everyone. Firmly. And I know I said that not every job is for everybody. I stand by that. But I do believe... Even if you don't end up becoming a diehard fan, there is always something in wrestling that people can appreciate. It's just... Yeah, I, I just think that's the way it is. I'm taking another sip of water. I don't care. I'm not editing it out. Indigestion is killing me at the moment, lads. I do apologise. And I'm just in a fucking weird mood over that shift I have to work at, at work. So, apologies. This is just me airing out a lot of my feelings. But my fucking uncle, right... Just every chance he can take to have a little jab at wrestling. And as I've said, right, cricket, to use cricket as the main example, I think cricket is one of the most boring things on the planet. I have zero interest in it. I've tried getting on board with it. I tried sitting down. I think it was England and India, I want to say, that were playing. Or maybe Australia, I can't remember. And I said, fuck it, I'll give it a chance, because it was always on Sky Sports. I think it's on BT Sport now, just because I see it advertised. And I went, fuck it, let, let's see. Is it, am, I, am I being unfair to it? Am I not just giving it a chance? And I tried watching it, and about ten minutes in, I just went, this ain't for me. 
This just ain't for me. But I will never, ever shit on somebody who enjoys cricket. Because I'm sure there are plenty of people out there that when they were at their lowest, their love for cricket got them through a tough time. Just like when I was at my lowest, my love for wrestling got me through so many tough times. And that's why if someone enjoys something, and they love it with all their heart, and they're passionate about it, you should not be shitting on them for it. Everybody has a different interest. Again, the only thing I don't get is the bronies, or any grown adult who loves a children's TV show. Of course, I have great memories growing up of watching Drake and Josh, or Spongebob, or The Sweet Life of Zack and Cody. That's so raven. And, and yeah, there are times where, like, clips will come up and I'll go, oh, fuck it, I remember that. But that's just more reminiscing and nostalgia. Like, I wouldn't sit down and watch a full episode of any of them. Well, look, actually, no, let me take that back slightly. Drake and Josh, because I think Drake and Josh was for more teenagers than it was children, if that makes sense. As in, you know, younger than 12. But, like, I couldn't sit down now and watch fucking, I don't know, Christ. What what else was there? Kim Possible. You know, which, admittedly, was a great cartoon. Like, listen, I, I loved it growing up, but, like, I couldn't sit down and watch it now. I just couldn't. But weren't we blessed, to be fair? Let's talk, let's talk about something positive. Like, people who are around my age, 20, 23, 24, 25. I'm 24, but we'll say that age range of 23, 24, 25. We were just blessed with the TV shows we had growing up as kids. As I said, Drake and Josh, Zack and Cody, That's So Raven, uh, Fairly Odd Parents, Recess. Recess was fucking great. Uh, what else did we have? We had, you know, we, we did see a bit of Keenan and Kel. I know it was kind of a little bit before our time, but we did see it a lot growing up. The Amanda Show. <laughs> uh, fucking, what else was there? I liked Corey in the House growing up. I thought that was really good. The That's So Raven spinoff. I feel like I'm forgetting a really obvious one. And I'm going to kick myself. A personal favourite of mine was Renford Rejects. If you're a football fan, you'll probably remember that one. It was always on quite late on Nickelodeon. Ah, oh, dude, I heard the theme song of that the other day. Um, Australia by... Uh, oh, who, what the fuck is the name of the band who sings it again? Sorry, i got to get this band... Uh, they got to get the name up because it's just going to annoy me if I don't. Uh no, I don't want to watch the Champions League highlights because I'm annoyed that Liverpool won. Uh, Australia by uh, the main, uh, the Manic Street Preachers. It's a fucking great... It just really brought back a lot of memories. So, yeah, like, obviously in that regard, you can kind of have good memories of those kids' TV shows growing up. But if you're a brony, then I think there's a lot more problems going on up in your head. But I digress. Do not shit on someone who like something that many other adults enjoy. Like, another thing I've never been huge into is comic books. I've just never been that into them. I, I was never, like... I don't hate them or anything, but I was just never, like, a huge comic book fan growing up. I'm not, like, big into the Marvel or DC Universe worlds. It's just not something I dwell a lot into. Like, I loved playing the Spider-Man games growing up, and I love a lot of the movies, but... When it comes to the comic books and, you know, who would win the fight between Superman and fucking, I don't know, Lex Luthor. I just, I don't know. I just, I was never into it that way. But uh, I know there's a lot of people out there who love that and it probably gets them through tough times. And that's okay. That is okay. 
Another thing that I'm going to complain about as a pet peeve is just fucking... This is a recent thing, and I don't know if anybody else gets this. This is specifically an Irish thing. But it's with taxi drivers who just seem to assume that you're into hurling. Now, I think hurling is a great sport. I really do. I think it's a sport that takes a lot of skill. Um, Like, the pace of hurling is just fucking ridiculous. When you think of what you're actually doing out in that pitch... And the pace you have to do with that, uh, do it at, with the you know, with the the setting around you, it's it's crazy. Like it's a great sport, and I I love watching I love watching big hurling matches. I used to love it when I was younger hurling. I was mad into hurling. My granddad was a great hurler for Balnacarra, the original Joseph Tarl, great hurler for Balnacarra. But the older I got, the kind of less interest I had in it. But I will still. Watch it time, time and time, or time and time again. You hear me? Um, every now and again is what I'm trying to say. I will tune into um, a game of hurling or whatever. But lately, every time I get into a fucking taxi, and I'm not saying I get into them often, but it's happened often enough recently where I just had a taxi driver go, "Christ, it was a great game there yesterday, wasn't it? Between Clare and Tipperary, Christ, I." I thought, no, Claire had them. Claire, I thought Claire, no, right, they had them on the ropes, no, right, Dylan, right? But the way Tipperary controlled the ball, and it was just like the way they managed the game. Like, you you definitely, I know I didn't ask you if you're into hurling or anything, but I know for a fact you watched it, because what else did you be doing with your time? But Tipperary, no, right, they, the way they, they grabbed the ball off him, and they built it over the fucking bar. It was fucking, like, better than six, like. And I'm there in the back going, Oh, sorry, I actually don't watch it. And then they get almost a little bit tick with you, especially if you tell them that you're a football fan. And I don't mean Gaelic football, I mean soccer, or association football, which is the actual name of the sport. And they're like, Jeez, you'd watch that fucking Queen sport and you wouldn't fucking watch the, the hurling then. And it's like, yeah, do you know why? Because everyone's fucking different! And we all have different fucking interests! And the attitude that these people have makes me not want to like hurling. And they don't realise, like, the opposite effect they're having on their sport. And I've just said it. It's a great sport, and it takes a hell of a lot of skill, and holy shit, like, I mean, I played it when I was younger. Like, they're great athletes. But the fucking, this, it's just this, it's the same, like, rugby fans are kind of the same. Oh, no, I don't watch that football. Rugby's my game. They're so up their own fucking arse about being rugby fans. Like, if you like rugby, that's great. Again, another sport I used to love a lot when I was growing up. But rugby fans just have this idea that they're up on a pedestal just because they prefer rugby to football. Get over yourself. You watch a sport with 30 fat lads throwing an oval backwards, trying to touch it over a piece of... Of white paint on a grass. On, on a field, I should say. White paint on grass. Why was that so hard for me to say? Again, rugby's a decent sport. I mean, WWE Clash at the Castle was at the Principality Stadium, which is known for rugby. It's where the Wales rugby national team plays. And obviously it's had FA Cup and Champions League finals as well in the football, but it's predominantly used for rugby. But it's just, like... I just don't get... Why people think they're so much better than you just because they like a specific sport. Something else that can go hand in hand with this, and I'm going to say it, and I don't care, 
it's League of Ireland fans, League of Ireland football fans. This is nothing against the league itself. It's just, it's it's a loud minority of fans. I saw this group on Facebook before. I don't use Facebook anymore. This was maybe three or four years ago. But there was this group on Facebook called League of Ireland Real Football Fans. And the reason they like to call themselves real football fans as opposed to fake football fans is because they support local. And what I don't get about this, right? What I don't get about this argument of you're a better fan if you live closer to the stadium of the team you support is if I want to go and see United play, I either have to get on the ferry or get on the plane, book the hotel, pay for the tickets that are astronomically priced, even for, like, for example, I'm planning on going to Old Trafford in March, uh, just after my birthday, for United and Southampton. And I'm looking at the ticket prices and I'm like, Jesus Christ, this is just for a normal standard Premier League game where, as of right now, in September, we don't know what either team is going to be playing for because it's so early in the season. Like, United, we don't know whether we're going to be in you know, the race for top four, are we going to be like last season where we're, you know, struggling to get into the top four? Southampton, are they going to be in a relegation battle? Are they going to be doing better than people think they are at that stage? Like, we don't know. But the tickets are still astronomically priced. But I have to do that. Get the hotel, get the plane. I have to, you know, get the train from the airport or, you know, wherever out to the stadium. Like, I'm having to go through this unreal journey just to watch my team play. But apparently, I'm a better fan if I just live down the road. Now, I don't want any League of Ireland fan taking that as, oh, I'm a better fan than you because I do this. Nobody is a better fan than anybody. Location doesn't make you a better fan. You don't choose where you're born. I didn't choose to be born in Cork. I'm glad I was. I love Cork. Could have been born in a lot fucking worse places than Cork. But this idea that League of Ireland fans are better just because they live down the road is ridiculous. People will know how much I love United and how United's results can affect my mood. But apparently I'm not a proper fan just because I'm not from Manchester. But then a Cork City fan just because they like this team that's two minutes away from them. And another thing that annoys me about Cork City fans in particular is how they don't even understand that Cork City technically aren't my local team. Because I'm not from the city. I'm from East Cork. Which would mean by technicality, Cove Ramblers would be my local team. Now, I'm not a Cove Ramblers fan. I'm nothing against them. But I don't, I don't support them either. But I'm saying if I was going to support the most local team to my location, it would actually be Cove, not Cork City. But it's just this idea that they think they're such better fans because of that. It's just a real fucking pet peeve of mine. Get over yourself, lads. We all love this sport. We all love football as much as it can drive us mad. We all love it. If you want to support a team out in fucking Saudi Arabia, off with you. If you love that team, don't let any anybody tell you any different. Like, where I live has a chipper that I think is decent, right? But I prefer the chipper that's in the town next to where I live. But according to League of Ireland fans' argument, I need to support the local chipper just because it's closer to me. But it's like, no, I, I prefer the one that that's in the next village. So I'll take that one, please, because that's the one I enjoy more. 
It's just the way life is, lads. It's full of choices. Not all the players are from Manchester that play for United. Not all the players that play for Cork City are from Cork. What's his name? Shawnee Maguire. He's not from Cork. He's from, like, fucking Kilkenny or something. Shane Long, another player who played for Cork City. He's from fucking Tipperary. So, like, not everyone is from fucking the place where they play. And I feel like it's just United fans that get sticked for this. And I'm there, like, so you're going to tell me every single person that goes to Anfield. Like, Liverpool just played Ajax tonight tonight in the Champions League. Are you going to tell me every single person in that stadium tonight that was supporting Liverpool is from Merseyside? No. I'm telling you now, there was people from uh, from Ireland there. There was probably people travelling down from Scotland, maybe Wales, probably other parts of England. And that's fine. They obviously love Liverpool. I don't like Liverpool. Fucking hate them. But this, you know, those people have a right to support whatever team they want to support. So if you're someone that judges other people for what football team they support just because they're not from that location, get the fuck over yourself. The last thing I'm going to complain about for now is people who don't say sorry after they've done something wrong. I've just started talking to someone again who I didn't talk to for a few months. And they reached out to me, right? But it took a while for an apology to come out. And even when it did come out, I didn't find it very genuine I felt like it was very I better say this because you know they want me to say it and I was there like "Mm, okay and like we we have kind of made up not going to mention any names but I'm still still waiting for that genuine apology and it just boggles my mind how people when they fuck up or they make a mistake and they really upset someone or they really you know have done something bad to someone that they can't just go fuck I'm really sorry I shouldn't have done that and it's not just people who don't say sorry it's people who make like the people who will go to extreme lengths to come up with an excuse for why they did what they did like I remember a few years ago and I've kind of I've spoke about this a few times on here I've kind of beat around the bush a little bit with what happened but Maybe it is time to kind of go a little bit more in depth about what happened just to give an example. And this is why I'm going to paint myself in a light where I'm no better than anybody else. But the one thing I am better at here than a lot of people is that I actually apologised afterwards. So I had had a bit of a falling out with a friend who, uh, let's just say, I'm not exactly on the best of terms with now either. And... I went into like a really bad case of denial afterwards. Like a really, really bad case of denial. And I kept telling myself, no, everything's fine. Everything is totally fine. We're we're not at odds. We're actually still really good friends. Nothing has really happened. Everything's fine. And that was definitely not the right way for me to be thinking at that stage. So I went on to make a really, really bad decision. Which led to something that happened, which is probably my biggest regret to this day. So I made a new Twitter because I got rid of the other one just because I didn't want to be looking at social media. And I said, fuck it, I'll, I'll, I'll follow this friend. We're, we're fine, like no, nothing's wrong, everything is fine. 
and didn't go down very well and they, they they blocked me on a few things and I panicked and I tried ringing them which I shouldn't have done because we'd kind of had an agreement that we weren't going to talk for a while we both needed kind of space from each other and it was it was for the best but I never really fully accepted that and that's on me that's not the other person's fault that's on me so I tried to ring this person and their nan answered and then I had to awkwardly explain what had just happened. And listen, it was what it was. It was a horrible decision. A horrible... Like, I, I, like to this day, I look back at it and I go, what the fuck were you thinking? What part of your fucking brain made you think that was a good idea? And to this day, I still don't have the answer. I could come up with millions of excuses. Millions of excuses but none of them would make it right. I was in a complete state of denial and made a really bad decision, which looking back, I think kind of killed the friendship. But we did make up for a little bit afterwards. And I remember when I was making up with this friend, my main kind of driving force was that I really, really need to apologise. Like, that was the thing that really, like, I was like, I, I'm so... I feel so bad about this. It was such a complete fuck up on my part. I really, really need to say I'm sorry. And I really, and I meant it. I never meant, I never meant an apology more in my life than I did here. I was like, I, I, it's just, there's no excuse for it. I really, really need to apologize to this person. And when I did apologize to this person, it felt so good because I could see that it meant a lot to them. And... I I felt good because I knew I meant it. There was no point in kind of going, I'll just say it for the sake of saying it. It was like, nope, I, 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 I need to say this. And it just really fucking gets to me when people out there just think that they're above saying sorry. And it's funny because like, I see it from some people. Like They don't necessarily say it, but I can just tell. They seem to think that if they say sorry to someone the person who they've apologised to is going to hold that apology over their head. And I'm there like, no, it's actually the fucking opposite, you fucking dickhead. If you don't apologise, I'll hold it over you. Or if you give me a forced or fake apology, I'll hold it over you. But if you give me a genuine apology that I can tell you really mean and I can genuinely see that you wanted to apologise, absolutely, yeah, I'll never hold that over you. I'll actually give you all the credit in the fucking world for it. But some people out there just don't want to do it. They'd rather come up with these bullshit, crap excuses. They would rather do that than just go, look, I completely fucked up. I'm really sorry. I shouldn't have done it. I don't know what was going through my head. And yeah, you like you can say things like, oh, look, I wasn't in a great place and I made a bad decision. Like For me, that's not an excuse. That's just you kind of saying, look, this is just how I was at the time, but it doesn't make it right and I'm really sorry. That, that's an apology, you know? Like, making excuses would be, oh no, I, I only did it for this reason. I only did it because I thought I thought that you did this. Like, I had someone say to me before, I, 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 I only acted like that because I thought you were giving me aggro. So essentially what they were trying to say was, well really Dylan, it's your fault. And I was there like, nope. Nope. Not my fault. Not my fault what happened. 
And yes, this might be slightly in relation to the person I've just started talking to again. But uh, yeah, like th- that's... To anyone out there who feels like they might have fucked someone over, or they might have treated someone really badly, or they might have done something they wish they hadn't done, and they look back and they feel awful about it. And they really, really want to make it up to that person. All you have to do is pick up the phone. And either ring, text, whatever. Or maybe approach the person if you see them out and about. And just say to them, I'm sorry. I'm really sorry for what I did. And you don't realise, a lot of people don't realise that, that word alone, sorry, is such a huge thing. I'm not saying it solves every single issue. But... It's a huge start. It's a huge start to just say, I'm really sorry. I will never understand why people don't realise that. Why, why, why more people don't realise that. It's okay to be wrong about something. It's okay to apologise. Yeah, look, some people might not accept apologies. Some people might not be in the right mindset to accept apologies, and that's okay too. Then it's just a case of giving someone space. It's a lesson I've had to learn as well. You know, sometimes it, it's not about overwhelming someone with attention. You need to back off and you need to give them space. Like, it's, it. you know, it's the way things are. But when the time is right and you really mean it, an apology does so much. And that is the final pet peeve I'm going to talk about today. I did put up a thing on Instagram earlier, and I actually literally just remembered it as I was talking there. About questions. I asked for the most random questions possible. So, why is my phone not loading? Okay, the first one we have is from Conrad, who says, How big is Batista's dick? After that, we have a question from Adam, who says, What's the atomic number of neon? Ten. And you want to know how I know that? It's not because I googled it. I promise you, it's not because I googled it. It's because Manchester United released a DVD back in the 09-10 season. I think it was. No, sorry, it was the 08-09 season. And Wayne Rooney, who was United's number ten at the time, did a quiz, but it was kind of like a joke quiz, where... The answer to every question was 10. He had to ask, He had to answer 10 questions, and the answer to every question was 10. And one of the questions was, what's the atomic number of neon? So it's really funny that you ask that, because I know that off the top of my head it's 10. I was absolutely horrendous at maths when I was in school, but that is one question that I always remembered. The atomic number of neon is... Jack, I love you, man, because you've said something here that is music to my ears, even though I'm reading it. 
Not a question, but I agree with you. Saint Anger is underrated. Thank you, Jack. Saint Anger is not a bad album. I don't care what anyone says. Am I going to sit here and say it's one of Metallica's best albums? No, but it is better than people think it is. And the song itself, Saint Anger, which was actually the theme song to SummerSlam 2003. There's a bit of knowledge for you. But it is such a fucking epic song. I don't give a shit what anyone says. Yeah, Metallica have more iconic albums. Okay, the Black Album is one. Yeah, fucking, what's the other one called? Ride the Lightning is another one. They've, they've got more iconic albums, but I will fight to the death for Saint Anger. And up next, I have a question from Alex who says, what would your theme song be? And funnily enough, talking about Metallica, it's a song that's kind of similar to Metallica, but not exactly the same. So like, if you really compare the song to something like... And that's it for this week's episode of Straight Outta Cloyne. Thank you for listening to me rant and rave and be angry for a bit. I'm going to leave you with a wrestling promo as per usual. And it's also a promo where someone gets really angry and really means it. So enjoy and I'll talk to you all next week. Uh, there's no gentle way to say it. To me, you wrestle like a coward. You wrestle like somebody who's, I, af- who's afraid to get hit. Like, I, I, re- I, wrestle, I wrestle like, like a coward. You I- wrestle like a coward. I'm the one. If I if I were to create a wrestler who to me like embodies like when I was an independent guy and I was thinking like oh okay what's the soft WWE style it would be that WWE has transformed in the you, last. Hold on, you you had to, you, you had your chance to talk. You you're the one that called me a coward in, in the wrestling ring. I'm the coward in the wrestling ring. Yeah. But let's talk about cowards for one second. Okay. The reason I wrestle the way I wrestle is because I can do it day in and day out all the time for ten plus years I have never never in my career ever have been injured I don't get injured for six months to a year I am here each and every week but you sit there and call me a coward yeah. I'm the coward wait let me tell you about a coward let me tell you about a guy who tells his WWE fans the people that he loves that he will be back he promises them I promise you I will be back in one year's time to claim this title but you didn't Daniel did you but I'm the coward okay, I'm the one that they, doesn't love if the they, fans if they would let me come back I would come back oh they, if, if you you would yeah. you, you would you you love that WWE ring you love be wrestling you love being right in that wrestling ring and you love wrestling, right? Well, why don't you quit? Why don't you quit and go to the bingo halls with your indie okay, friends? Okay, I think you need to huh? calm. No, that's not, no, what, this, that's this. not what this show's we about. The GM have this. Thank you very much, Renee. This is a great show, but we're talking here. I need to talk to you real quick because the fact is, you're the one that calls me the coward, but you're the one that doesn't get in the WWE ring again. No, don't you walk away from me, Daniel. Don't you walk away. I'm the one that loves the fans. I'm the one that loves everyone and everything. You're the one that gets up and walks away every single time you're the coward i am not a coward i am your intercontinental champion and there's a reason i am the title reason making this the most relevant prestigious title that wwe has and i deserve okay. the respect okay. on smackdown live get that camera right here get that camera right here
Understand that this is day 141 of the never-ending Intercontinental Championship World Tour, and I swear to you, I promise you, it will be the most relevant title on SmackDown Live. I could care less about those little kids on, on for the tag team titles and the women's championship and the WWE championship. This is my show, my show. And I'm sick of all of you, my GM, sitting there criticizing me, calling me the coward. You're the cowards. I'm the one here, day in and day out, in that wrestling ring, beating people up. Thank you very much.